Welcome beautiful people to the Don't Panic podcast. This is a podcast that takes you on a journey through the eyes of the creatives here in Scotland. Join me, Lucy, as I sit down with friends, family, creatives and industry professionals to discuss the complexities of being a creative person living right here in Scotland. From childhood to adulthood, career to personal passions and current events to mental health, we'll be diving deep into the ups and downs of being a Scottish creative with plenty of laughs and inspiration along the way. So sit back, relax, learn and relate as we explore all aspects of Scottish life, one conversation at a time. Hi Lindsay. Hi. How are you? I'm good, thanks for having me. Oh, of course. I'm so excited to chat to you today. And thank you for having me in your home. I really appreciate it. I'm like literally just dart about people's houses recording them it's great but um it's no it's so nice to talk to you and I've got a little intro just to give um the people the introduction to who you are and what you do so this week on the Don't Panic podcast we have a very special guest Lindsay Taylor Whitelaw with over eight years of experience in the creative industries Lindsay an account director at Stripe Communications has played a pivotal role in steering award-winning campaigns for major UK businesses in 2020 she co-launched Girls Around Scotland with Ailsa Harper that serves as the ultimate guide to Scotland's food and drinks industry boasting over 70,000 followers over Instagram and TikTok my connection with Lindsay dates back to our high school days today we revisit those nostalgic memories delving into her dynamic career so tune in as we unfold the stories behind girls around scotland and share lindsay's story welcome thanks so much you make me sound so exciting well you are i mean you've got a lot going on and lots of exciting things to talk about and um but we start the podcast with a life mantra so this is something that you say to yourself to help you navigate through life do you have one? I've actually got two. Amazing. It's so funny. Most people do seem to have two, which is great. And like, they're nothing special. I feel like everyone's heard these before, but mine is always like, um, seek forgiveness, not permission. Okay. Uh, that is so me. I am always like, let's just do it. And, and just see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, Love I think that. most of the time, it's fine. It works out. And I think working in PR and stuff, there's a lot of time where we go gorilla. And I think having that confidence to just think, oh, do you know what? Let's just go for it and see what happens. And we can always beg for forgiveness afterwards. Sure. Has that ever got you in trouble? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have examples, but yeah, I'm pretty sure. Not in a work capacity. There's usually someone... Um, Backing with you. More, with more experience than me that can stop us before we go too far. But the other one is just this too shall pass. Um, mm-hmm. At a really mental a week at the end of December with work like traveling around and doing different things um quite high pressure and uh, new business pitches and things and like to the point where I when I left to start this kind of couple of days in mayhem I walked over the threshold of my flat and I thought to myself the next time I'm back in my flat it'll all be over yeah and when I had exams or when I'm doing something that I'm really not looking forward to doing I'm nervous but I constantly I'm like and I'll I'll make it like next time you cooking your kitchen it'll all be over and like I do that I do that as well I do that so that was something my mum always said to me like if I was stressed about something or nervous or anxious about having to do interviews or whatever it was my mum would always be like just think um in a few hours you're going to be at home with a cup of tea and that was what would like get me for it I'm like yeah it's going to be over with and then it's in the past (laughs) 
brings me so much comfort and also just think it does like, this problem like say i'm having an argument with something there's something that's going on that feels awful in that moment mm. i always say to friends will this matter in a year will this matter in six months yeah like, how immediate is this problem it's and like it gaining help. perspective yeah it yeah does. it doesn't work with everything but generally i'd really find that useful yeah no it definitely helps oh i love that Love the wee life mantras. Uh, so we start off by diving into um, baby Lindsay and going back to kind of childhood and what you were like as a kid. Were you a creative child? I think I was <laughs> a little attention seeker. Um, I was, I, it's funny, I don't know when creativity comes comes out. I don't know. I, I, I was always into art and dance and drama and that sort of thing. So I suppose, yeah, yeah but I feel like, I was just always showing off and my mum always says even from like a young age like she's not like this at all but a camera would come out and my mum like you've been in an an elaborate pose and I've seen photos (laughs) of myself as like a very young kid and being like did you tell me to pose like that she's like no 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 she was like you just did it you just did that and Mm -hmm. she was like um and she always said I could like make a friend anywhere like like friends with a window cleaner Mm -hmm. like friends with like I just I think that's, I've always had this personality since I was little. That's a great skill to have, though, being able to talk to anyone. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and it'll serve you well in your job as well. It does. Yeah. It definitely does. But yeah, definitely think um, I was a positive kid with a sunny disposition. Yeah, um, that's lovely. But yeah, I think uh, I'm a bit annoying at times, probably. <laughs> we were all annoying <laughs> at times, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but yeah. And you, because yeah, you, you went on to do performing arts. So yeah, I, 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 we were, were we in drama together? Yeah, we yeah, were, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I was like trying to, th- I, honestly, my memory is shocking when it comes <laughs> to like looking back at school. But yeah, we did drama. Yeah. And that was, well, Miss Todd. Uh, I mean, <laughs> <bless> <laughs> <her>. <laughs> we were wild as well. I know, I know. Do you remember doing Chicago? Yeah, I mean, on <laughs> We we think of we Not like no, we talk about that often, and <laughs> we're like we're like we performed cell block tango, cell block tango um, in front of the school. And I believe we were wearing black hot pants and uh-huh. fishnets, and we were in fourth year, I think. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, and performed to like are like the school yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. and like parents school. I'm sure I think parents are there but do you remember that guy I won't name names <laughs> he, he recorded it but he, he did this no like, yes so this guy <laughs> so I think we were third or fourth year yeah yeah guy, I think he was in sixth year I like, uh-huh. can't remember his name but he recorded it for, on Miss Todd's behalf right okay he was like really cheeky and like basically made because obviously he was like why are these children doing a <laughs> pure sexy performance? <laughs> I mean, she wouldn't actually allow us to watch it, and we kept being like, "Please let us see it." But he'd done this like commentary over it, which was a oh. bit inappropriate. But I wonder if anyone else can remember. It. Yeah, and Miss Todd no. was like, "You're not watching it," and we begged her, and then she had to turn it off because he was just being <laughs> inappropriate. So he was being appropriate on the video. But yeah, I think funny though. I don't think he was seeing anything that was like outrageous. Aye, but was he an but... adult? He was no, an... I think he was like 17. Oh, right, okay, no, 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 okay. He was, he was a like kid. a sixth year. Yeah, yeah, got yeah. you, got you, got you. You can imagine, nothing that bad, especially. So so funny. I just remember once again, won't name names, but the two boys that were supposed to be involved. Check it out. Yeah, shat it. And then yeah. um, Holly and Stacey oh, came I mean, in and yeah, yeah, were yeah. The, the men. Oh, and full drag. Love full that. drag, yeah. 
<laughs> it was yeah that was wild um <laughs> the confidence of us all the confidence what no the worst part of it though was i remember um we'd practiced to the c like the song yeah, yeah the cd yeah. and then last minute they were like oh no the music department's gonna play along and we were like all out of sync oh because we couldn't like match it up because we didn't practice we also need plenty rehearsal to do that and i, I think miss i think the music teacher i was gonna name names there, <laughs> i think she was like what is this yeah <laughs> <laughs> what is this travesty why are you doing this yeah that's so funny i don't think it would pass these days uh, no <laughs> so you did perform in arts and pr and media yeah. Is that, can you so, explain to me? Yeah, so I did dance like all the way through. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did a bit of gymnastics and then drama and specific, and initially I went to do acting. Mm-hmm. Um, but then part of it, you did an hour of acting, an hour of musical theatre and I just fell in love with musical theatre. And actually like, I'd always loved musicals, but my my mum is a huge fan of musicals and so is her mum and I'd watched mm. all the films. And I went to see a lot of shows. And then it was kind of like my early teens. I was like, actually, I really love this. Mm -hmm. So I went down that path. Um, I think I always wanted to be an actor. I always thought that's what I would do. Um, So, yeah, I went to... I I got into Telford College. Oh, yeah. Uh To do an HND in um, musical theatre. But then that course shut down. Oh, really? Yeah, like literally months before. And and I'd met a friend. I'd done... um, Because to be fair, one of the kind of setbacks sometimes was... In Edinburgh, anyway, there's so many private schools, so a lot of the a lot of the really well funded programs are filled with kids from private school. Mm. They can afford a lot more kind of um, voice lessons and different like private tutorials. Sure. Like, and don't get me wrong, my parents definitely <laughs> spent a lot of money, but I definitely think it always felt as if they got all the opportunities. Mm. Um, so, I can imagine it being quite a hard. Oh, it was. Um, industry like. Especially when it, you're competing with yeah oh, and it's these kids with money. Yeah, it's yeah. competitive already in connections. Mm-hmm. So there's a woman called Marcella McDonald who actually works at MGA now. I don't know if you've heard of that. They, the, in Brings Edinburgh. a bell, actually. Yeah, they're like an Edinburgh-based theatre school that right. they've they've rolled out quite a few big stars. Yeah. And she did this course in the summer um, and it was, <laughs> we laugh, like underprivileged kids, which we, we weren't. <laughs> Just the kids that didn't go to private school that don't get these opportunities that the private schools did. Yeah. And we and she brought up the this singing coach and this um, choreographer from London and the three of them did it and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I met like one of my best friends who also did musical theatre. Right. So we both applied to Telford, didn't get in, so then went to this course at Stevenson's College and right. it was ran by this eccentric woman who was obsessed with physical theatre. So all we did all the time was like <laughs> pretend to be a tree. All the all of the sort of bad stereotypes about theatre, that is what it was. Like and Mr. She, G. Literally Mr. G. <laughs> yeah. And she didn't have any like and I wanted to I was there for like the singing and the acting. We did get an external dance teacher who was pretty good. And eventually we got singing teachers after complaining. But me being me, like I definitely have a rebellious streak in me. I was checked out. I was like, this is god awful i don't have any respect for you i'm not Mm. doing this but i didn't have anything to do really for the year so i just kind of stopped going and then in the meantime i applied for motherwell college which is now called something else but they have an absolutely incredible musical theater program so i did that um for a couple years and then kind of near the near the end i i realized i had vocal nodules like little bumps on your vocal okay stops them closing right so i just couldn't sing so i had to go on vocal rest and then kind of in that time I don't, I don't really know what happened because it's 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 funny when you want to do something so much mm. your whole life and I feel like everyone who knew me knew that that's what I wanted to do I was always so theatrical just in personality mm-hmm. 
And I just thought to myself, and actually, do you know what's funny? It was kind of like, I think I was a big fish in a small pond. And then I went to school, stage school, and I realised, oh, I mm. am a small fish in a big pond here. And people were a lot better than me. And, and I think, I said to you earlier, like, I'm a jack of all trades. I was pretty good at everything, but I didn't feel like I shone at one thing. Mm. People were shining. And I, I think I just, I'm a realist by nature. Mm-hmm. And I think I just thought, this isn't going to work. I'm yeah. not going to work. Yeah, and I don't. That's like a really. I mean, as much as it's like a really tough thing to like come to terms with, it's such a reality of like when you do go to uni or you go to college and you're like, oh, okay, I'm not like no, I'm not the best, the best no. anymore. And 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 it's that kind of decision of okay, either I'm gonna have to like work my arse off and like be up against it, or yeah. decide to changed another direction and I was working my arse off and in that I was making my voice worse mm, yeah and I think I'm a grafter by nature I always have been I think uh, like my parents are that way and I think I was exhausted I was burnt out and I was I think going through like something with my mental health but I think this is like you know 2012 and I don't it wasn't talked about that way and sure. I think I came back dead and my parents were disappointed in me and um, and I get it because I'd given up and I'd been and we put a lot like we as a family and me and my parents I'd put a lot of money a lot of time into this and I just, and I, I hadn't really given a full explanation either mm. so I was basically told well get a job so I got 50 jobs <laughs> like a temp agency worked in call centres worked in Costa Coffee and and then I thought to myself god I better apply to uni like what yeah like, I better do something so I applied for a couple of courses that I'd applied for at school and got into didn't get into I wrote my like last minute but I wrote my personal statement and within an hour and just sent it right um bearing in mind at school we we went five months writing this personal yeah totally I just bashed it together and then Mm -hmm. I got into um Queen Margaret University to study either PR media or PR marketing events Mm -hmm. and I went with media because there was photography and videography and I just thought actually do you know what that would be good Mm -hmm. so I did that degree and it was actually when I was at Queen Market that my current managing director came in and did a talk with a class. And I think at the time, it was a few of my mum's my friend had actually talked about um, PR and how that might be something that I would like. But I was still a bit like, like you learn the history of it and all that. And right. Propaganda in China. Mm. What is this? <laughs> um, but she came in and she showed some really cool um, campaigns that Stripe had done. Um, one being an alcohol campaign for the government where they created an app because they were trying to tar- target women, I think between ages like 35 and 50. Mm-hmm. So they created an app that showed, if you put in how many units you drank or how many glasses of wine or whatever, it showed how much you would age in like the next five years. Oh God. And it was like the first <laughs> time the government had made an app. And right, I, I okay. I think it was quite like shocking. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I thought that was so impressive. And I was like, how would you even go about making an app? Yeah. Like, and I was thinking about the logistics of it. They did loads of cool stuff with Iron Brew, loads of stuff with the tattoo. And I was just blown away by mm-hmm. it. And I didn't realise that there were agencies in Scotland that were doing that calibre of work. I really did think it was going to be a London move for me. Yeah. And then ever since then, it was just like a kind of... And I think I felt relieved because I was like, oh my God, right. I know what I'm going to do. You've got like a direction. Yeah, because you yeah. felt like, well, here's four years of doing something. Yeah, and yeah. Because I was so panicked about the fact that that journey had ended. Mm-hmm. And for me, it really was done that having four years of uni felt like a relief because I thought well I need to do this degree so we'll see we'll see what happens yeah yeah and so overall you enjoyed the degree Uh, 
I don't like a part or was it yeah, like the I did I did I got a lot out of it I would say I yeah. didn't love the academic side of it I mean who does but... I know just because I'm only asking because um I always now with what I do I'm like I should have gone to uni to do something like that I didn't I did textiles it's like completely not what I'm doing now but yeah. so I've always so I've always wondered like um like what these courses are like and the benefits of them and whether or not it was the like biggest benefit I'd say the, the two things that stuck out the most at uni were or the three things were Morna coming in but I'm really naming names here but that's my MD she came in mm-hmm. and was so inspirational that in first year we did this like incredible um project where we basically were sent an email in the middle of the night and it was like a <laughs> it was a crisis management and it okay. was dealing with a crisis right and we had to write a press statement and deal with it and come up with kind of all of the uh, kind of strategy for dealing with the crisis, which uh-huh. I really enjoyed. Yeah. And then near the end, um, through a woman called Emma Wood, who's also a lecturer at QMU, um, we worked on a thing called Stecca, which is like, um, she's a porty gal. You might actually know her. She Her kids went to Portobello. Mm-hmm. She was really behind us getting the new school, which I didn't realise until. Oh, okay. And that was one of the projects that, past students had worked on oh right like a okay. campaign to get uh-huh. the new school built because obviously there was a lot of pushback on <laughs> Portobello High School for anyone that doesn't know getting yeah. um, moved because the building was derelict it was honest. an actual <laughs> shit heap <laughs> we went um, to school in literally nine <laughs> stories of hell uh-huh. um, ceilings falling down on that her daughter had done volunteering in Malawi and worked for um, like an orphanage and it was and but they kind of took it one step further because they basically pointed out that there was not very many job opportunities so mm. children that were not in good situations might be in an orphanage until they were a teenager and then there wasn't anything really left for them so she was putting together a project where she built like almost a college a skill center where people you know ages 16 and above could learn like really key skills that are needed in malawi and then wow. be self-sufficient yeah that's so amazing we, we supported that built their website helped with the logo and mm-hmm. like and it was part of like our credit and I thought that was amazing yeah that's really really cool and there are people on my course that were saying we should be getting paid for this because we are helping towards something because she was like actively applying for funding like Mm -hmm. we've taken inspirations for other campaigns in order to get the attention of businesses who could give us funding and but like I don't know why I did never had that attitude. I thought, well, I'm like happy she's trusting a bunch of idiot students (laughs) yeah 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 to actually do this Uh uh-huh and yeah, I really loved it. I, to be honest with you, I hated the lectures, lectures and stuff. Like, I think I've got a spot of the old ADD, and I found mm. sitting and listening to just really difficult. And Fair. at the time, also, I, because I went a little later, I think I was about twenty three when I started. Mm-hmm. Everyone was seventeen, and and it's not a big age gap, but I felt that then. I think teenager to somebody in their mid mm-hmm. early twenties, it, it's a difference, and then. Um, I, well, it sounds bad, but I didn't feel I wasn't there to make friends. I was there to get the degree and start my career. And yeah, I had a nannied. I'd started a blog. I I remember that. I yeah, worked, yeah, yeah. I worked at um, Costa Coffee. I was bloody an assistant manager there. I don't even know how that. Like, <laughs> I feel like that happened to me. I didn't seek that out. Right. Um, These so things happen. I didn't have time. I just I used to think I've got other. I'd sit in lectures and get nothing out of it and think. Oh, I, I could have been doing X, Y, and Z. And yeah. I do sometimes think, I know COVID was a nightmare for so many students, but I do think that working, like, kind of self-study would have suited me and my personality Yeah, really you well. personally, yeah. Um, but I yeah. did enjoy, like, because it makes me laugh, like, my um, little cousin's girlfriend is kind of at the end of her uni experience, and I was telling her about having to physically hand a 
paper in and she was uh-huh. like what I was like, yeah, they've got like a box and you'd put it. Yeah, and yeah, like, totally. And I met uni a few years ago. Like, what do you mean? She was like, it's like, all online. Yeah. Like, and I just think that's funny because um, I used to hate that. But, oh, oh we, like, I remember the... It must be a nightmare for you. Well, handing in my dissertation, like, it was like to the... Cl- to the clock you had to get it all bound in that and I remember printing out like because right, it was like half an hour to go before you had to submit and everyone's still binding their books in that it's like wild see sometimes as well like and I think it's coming from school like you're so like um you're so committed to a time like I understand yeah. how they set like it's got to be in by 12pm but what would have happened if you were an hour late literally what would I'd... they as it, they would take off 10 points and like I wish I could go back and be like, don't sweat that. Like yeah. obviously, like you should be on time. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying like the amount of stress people must put on themselves mm-hmm. over things like that. When actually, when you look back, you're like, well, what's the worst that could happen? Oh my happen? god, I know. But yes, I do think those courses are useful, and I did learn mm. a lot. And I actually think for what I do now, just even having to write regularly and, mm-hmm. and, and quite lengthy, you know, essays and assignments. That set me up for what I do now too. I yeah, that's good. I don't really think about Maslow's what's it hierarchy of needs, which is like I don't know why the one that I always remember very <laughs> often. But so what's that? I don't know. It's what that like is. A, a academic theory. Okay. About that you can apply. I mean, it sounds like everyone like I feel like I joke a bit with my friends. Everybody studied that in their course. Right. Uh-huh. So I think it's quite like a general theory. But yeah. I never really think about the theory of PR when I'm but the I did learn about like KPIs and campaign strategy and things like that mm. but again not I did, everything I learned I've learned on the job for sure no that's really interesting to hear because once again like I said it's always been something that I've I've always been unsure of because I'm quite self-taught with marketing obviously I didn't go to uni for it I just learned on the job yeah. but I've always felt a bit like out of the loop with like the lingo and then a little bit behind but like, obviously you pick that's up on things agency. but then right yeah that's yeah. Agency. oh god like when <laughs> when I look back because I did a bit of interning before I actually interned at the agency it was really a boutique agency that now is Hood magazine oh yeah yeah um, I've worked to them a few times yeah Emma is brilliant and I learned a lot from her but mm-hmm. again like there is just like agency lingo like I remember not really being very good at writing an email like there's just a certain <laughs> way about it and I yeah. did not like they did not teach you that you know there's actually I feel like there's certain things that they started to teach us and then didn't really follow through with like right using the kind of database where you gather media contacts for example mm. we did like I think like four workshops and then that was it and that was in first year Whereas, like, when you go into, like, an entry-level grad position, that's what you do. You create the databases of contacts, you're mounting, like, coverage, you're, you know, doing really basic social ads. Like, you're doing, like, kind of, like, PA admin role to begin with. Yeah, yeah. Before you start doing all that strategy and stuff. So it did sometimes feel backward to me that, like, the last thing you do is, like, the last thing you're going to do in your career or, like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And also thinking of it wasn't obviously that long ago that you were at uni... But as far as the world of like totally social media, it's completely changed. Yeah, so it's like blogs, uh huh. Yeah, it's not really a thing anymore. I know, and it's like it's crazy because it's not that long a period of time, but like it's such an evolving. No TikTok when I was at uni. Yeah, totally. There was barely Instagram. No, it was, <laughs> it was like it was actually the early days. But do you find it quite easy to keep up with how quickly it changes? 
or is that something that's a bit of a struggle yeah 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 yes and no I think (laughs) I am a child of the internet Mm -hmm. I was like building websites at 13 so yeah I always like it's a natural interest of mine so yeah it's definitely easier to to um keep up if you're on the platforms every day and you're and you genuinely enjoy enjoy it it. yeah 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 I think if it's if you were in that industry and yeah you obviously had an appreciation for it then no, it wouldn't be because it's constantly changing every single day. So it's really difficult. Literally. I have I have that with clients as well. Like they'll be like, um, it's always they've always got issues with Facebook. And I'm like, Facebook is the worst. Is it, it changes all the time. Meta, the back end. Oh, uh, that's oh. what I mean. It's like and there's always issues like that's what they're asking me they questions want you to about. Spend money. Like, totally. So totally. But they change it all the time. And I'm like, every time I go on it, Sutton's moved. I'm like, can we just give it some stability? Like, I don't know why. I mean, yeah, like you said, it's for money and stuff. It's but... so hard. Like, the paid social side's really difficult. Like, I, f- I feel like I in my current job, I don't do it as much as I used to because as you get more senior, you do different things. Sure. And I'll go on to, like, check something or there might be an error and I'll think, God, you probably know better than me because it looks completely different mm-hmm. to what last time I looked at it, which was maybe a month ago. And then even like the reporting side of social, yeah, like, yeah, that's all changed too. And it's like you have to download these spreadsheets that take a million years to download. Like it's totally so difficult. I know because I do. I'll do like monthly reports for my clients, and it's like every time I go on to like the insights and to get data on their like Instagrams. I know it's changed because it's different from what I put down the month before, yeah. and it's like they just change the wording or something, and then but it makes it inconsistent when a part of it is obviously collecting data and it need there needs to be some consistency well, yeah, there so from the same place every single time so yeah you know it's like following on from the month before exactly oh, I, think, I think like industry-wide people are like i think a lot of the um uh, kind of scheduling tools oh um, god like, <laughs> like are, don't get me started are better for reporting yeah yeah more consistent i think that's kind of how we've ended up doing it but it is it's difficult i can imagine like the tools that you need it's hard yeah. like freelancing I, I, I can like it's easier when you've got the kind of might of a business behind you to mm. support you in delivering your job but I think when you're freelance or you're a really small business it's difficult to have yeah yeah I mean luckily there's lots of there there's a lot of like free tools and stuff like that that I use but like, yeah it's something that obviously build up and be able to like invest more into these Definitely. things but, but meta should be better meta should, should be better yeah. <laughs> yeah, it literally drives me crazy tiktoker quite um selective with the data that they give you too yes. which is interesting yeah. you don't get as much from them uh, which is funny I don't know why I'm not sure either at what point did you get the job at Stripe so they were obviously very inspirational to you at uni yeah with two of my uh, uni mates I'd started a blog called the quiet resolution on Instagram mm-hmm. which no longer exists because we all kind of went in different directions after uni and it just it wasn't working it wasn't going to work anymore mm-hmm. so I set that up kind of and that's actually how I got my first internship because they'd seen that and they thought it was interesting and you know you could you can see examples of writing and all that sort of stuff oh it's a very important thing to have Definitely. and then and to present to people and be like this is what i'm doing even having the tenacity to keep it going yeah and the commitment yeah I think is, is like a good um skill to show so i done that and then morna again i'm laughing she's getting such a shout out <laughs> she came in um to present to the first years when i was a fourth year mm-hmm. and she talked about campaign planning with a big budget and we and me and two of my 
uni mates have talked about campaign planning with no budget. And, right. And the sort of tools you can use, like Canva and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, um, Emma, who was my favourite lecturer, said, why don't you walk Mona down the stairs? Oh, I rabbit her. <laughs> she talked about having Zoella at the tattoo and how that had massively boosted their reach. And she was like, but I'm worried about next year because if we don't have it again, she's got over a million. Like, how do we mm-hmm. match that? Yeah, because sure. Because not many influencers have that reach. And it was such an interesting conversation. We're chatting back and forth. And I hadn't really thought about that, like, from a business perspective. Mm. And then as I was coming down here, she said, look, we're looking for interns, like, for the Christmas period. Do you fancy it? Amazing. And I had my CV in my hand. I was like, yes, here's my CV. Like, Prepared. Stalking, basically. Um, and then I interned in 2017 over the Christmas period. And I remember her emailing me saying, this is going to be a baptism of fire. And I thought, bring it on. Yeah, And I'd actually done a couple of Stripe events through, like, the Instagram and the blog. So I, I was familiar with the team. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I went in and it was funny because they were doing, like, a, a reno of the office. We're all working from this barge that they have. Mm-hmm. It's like our parent company had this barge that we use. And, oh, my God, I had to do my first selling on the barge in front oh, of everybody. And God. usually people, like, even now, people will go into, like, another room. Yeah. Because it's so embarrassing. I know. And it was still Welsh media. So it was, like, the... Abba sweat, and I don't even know how to honestly. Oh my god, I would have had a heart attack there. And then. <laughs> I think that little fear kid in there was yeah. like, right, this is your opportunity. And yeah. I was like, that was so good. Oh, that's but amazing. I just like played a little part, I feel like. But sure. I was shitting myself. Oh and my then god, yeah. It felt good, and I got like incredible feedback. And then, it's <laughs> laughing because they then were hiring for like um, an account exec, so not a junior account exec, mm-hmm. an account exec. And I applied for it like an eager beaver because I was like, I just want to work there. I want to work there. Yeah. And amazing. in my head, I think I thought they were going to offer me a job at the end of the internship. They weren't hired. So, but they had said, look, we've got our grad scheme that comes up, Stars yeah. and Stripes, like go for it. And it's, it was months away and I can't hold my water. So I applied for that job and the PA to um, our CEO was like, Lens, finish your degree. We're going to be opening up Stars and Stripes in April. <laughs> like, okay. patience. I, <laughs> I have no patience oh, either, so yeah. So I applied, <laughs> and again, it was back on the barge. And it was interesting because, obviously, I knew pretty much everyone in that room pretty well at this point and been on the barge before. In some ways, I had this advantage, but also I felt like I had more to prove. Right. And I felt... Yeah, to really show, yeah, show I up. Like if I hadn't gotten it, I would have really let myself down because I had every opportunity to... Made not sense. Many people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, and also I knew, like, and it would be an easy hire because I'd worked there for like a month. Like, I knew like all the pro- how, how everything worked. Mm-hmm. Like, like it would be an easy transition. So I felt the pressure, and I remember I did the interview, and, and you know it went well. It's hard to know, but it's like a whole day. Um, and I know I've done it. Oh god, I've done it. Yeah, you know. yeah. But I mean, it and was lockdown so though, so it was all it was online. But yeah, so competitive. As yeah, well. it was so intense. It was intense. And even getting an interview is like they always say that like getting to that interview process, um, the day is like such an achievement because they get so many applicants. Yeah, and um. When I was walking out, Mona drove past in her car and beat the horn. Mm-hmm. And her mum picked me up and she was like, I mean, she wouldn't do that if you weren't getting the job, surely. That's quite a good indication, to be but fair. I couldn't jinx it. And then when I, I remember I was, I was working at Costa and I got in, I went outside by the bins. And it was <laughs> one of my colleagues, Sean, who I love, and he was like, I've met him. Congratulations. It's like, oh. And uh, oh, I was so delighted. It's probably one of the best days of my life getting that call because I think I've always been an ambitious career focused person I've always wanted to have a career and I think not doing the musical theatre 
felt like a big personal failure to me and yeah i think a lot of my self-esteem was in my skill set and what i was able to put out into the world and i think changing direction i felt very lost and like that was a big part of who i was mm. um it's like your whole identity yeah. like i think when you're like a creative person and you you, you really do put your whole life into absolutely you, whether it's a project or a career path or whatever it's like you do put your heart and soul into things so yeah and um so I started in the July the June of July and do you know what's funny and I don't often say this because I'm s- such a champion for my workplace I do love it but the first couple of months were hard like mm-hmm. I didn't instantly fit in um I think I was in a difficult position too because I was quite senior for my role right and not senior I don't mean senior I was quite old for my role oh right okay but a little bit older like than yeah, everybody else yeah yeah, yeah. okay and older than people that were like significantly more senior than me right okay so got I, you they think I had a maturity in the way that I um mm. ha- like kind of handled myself um and I definitely had a different focus because I felt but a lot of my friends had were you know more f- further on in their careers yeah I yeah like I had an accelerated pathway um and I think I did ruffle a few feathers and rub people up the wrong way a little bit probably get back in your box sort of thing things kind of changed in it and I got promoted to account exec I think maybe after a couple of eight months or something uh-huh and things just went up and up from there and got better and better and better but and I always say that when people start because I think it does take a minute to get used to a fast-paced mm. intense because mm-hmm. agency work oh. is uh another ballgame and I'm... it's not for everyone so you've got to get used to that yeah. yeah and I think a lot of people um, are just as creative just as hard working just as a million things but mm. do better in-house or do better freelance or do better um work in I don't know I'm trying to think of any other reason but you know yeah yeah um, because I, I definitely think it's a certain type of person I, I think it definitely suits me and I think I would have struggled working on the same thing all the time yeah but other mm-hmm. people are really good at being focused on one thing and they thrive when they put their all into something whereas mm. I like being able to move Dart about. between projects and things to come to an end and to start something new. So yeah, I'm quite the same. Yeah. And I suppose that's like a similar freelance, I would say. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because you're balancing. There's a million different things yeah. going on at once. But I kind of like that, um, like organized chaos oh god yeah yeah um but I worked in-house um at Jane Davidson and I loved it but um there was moments I was like it's just the same you are just doing the same thing over and over again and it comes with there's like different pros and cons to it you get to focus and really invest which is which is brilliant but um but then the job I had before that as a marketing assistant, I was working for a company that owned lots of different shops, so it felt much more like yeah. full on, like darting about, like yeah, you know what I mean. And... So, and at that point, I was like, no, I just want to focus on one thing. Did you do something? Then I'm like, no, I want to be darting about again. Like it's I'm dead, like is... indecisive. Yeah, exactly. Because... Do you think? Yeah, I think I will because I mean, who knows? Who knows? But because I'm so happy where I am just now, but mm. I do like envision a quieter slower but then yeah then you get bored yeah 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 what's so what's like your favorite part of uh, being an account director i think what i've realized about myself is that i'm quite a good natural leader i think i loved the positions i did before but i think i like being able to kind of forge the path Mm -hmm. of what the team's doing right and deal directly with 
the client and be involved in the strategy and the kind of start to finish element of that. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy that and I get a lot out of it. I was going to ask like, if you could give me like an insight to a project that you've done that really stands out for you, something that you really enjoyed doing. I've worked on loads of amazing projects back yeah. then. And it's funny because it was a while ago now. It was back in 2019. 20, the end of 2019, start of 2020, just mm-hmm. before COVID. And we did this campaign, which was... And we worked with your sister. Oh, the period campaign. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. That is so funny. I didn't yeah. even think about Kitty, but yes. Yeah, so mm-hmm. um, I got brought into it last minute because the account manager at the time um, had moved on and they needed somebody. And I was a senior account exec. It's kind of the position where you're starting to learn to be that middle part. And sure. you're like, okay, we're going to give you a shot here. Mm-hmm. I was working with the director who was a lot more senior than me. There was a big gap between us. And then a newer um, exec, Izzy, that's like one of my best friends, she was on it too. So it was... So I think the magic was in within the team, mm-hmm. the subject matter, and then kind of the client trusted us, like mm-hmm. they let us, and like it was a government campaign, Scottish government, and obviously like they've got quite a lot of red tape for like completely understandable reasons, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but they let us be super creative, and we worked with we were with Kitty, and it was all about um kind of stopping people using um like just saying it's a period like saying oh got the painters in or yeah yeah Aunt molly's come to stay so she created these absolutely brilliant illustrations mm. um that depicted these um like words for having your period yeah and uh yeah so that was kind of what we did and then we did like loads of influencer work and at the time it wasn't something we'd done a lot of and we paid them work with micro influencers from around scotland um and they talked about periods and, you know, that period stigma. We interviewed a Scottish women's rugby players and they talked about how they were actually doing testing with University of Edinburgh, I think it was, around performance when women are on their period and how mm. that affects them. Yeah, that's so interesting. And one of the rugby players had told us that they just got, like, kind of something passed where the women didn't have to wear white shorts anymore. Oh, wow. Because of Oh, my course. God, yeah, of course. And, I, and it, it just, I just felt so connected to women yeah i felt proud that scotland cared this much and it was, it was like just, advocating for yes, it yeah it absolutely part of, i think wider campaign to um obviously get the tax in on period products and make sure that they were being rolled out and it's yeah. more accessible and really mm-hmm. tackling period poverty and yeah it felt so important it ended up being award winning and the client was just delighted like i remember we do like a wash up and they just and and you know it's an integrated campaign so we worked with an ad agency we worked with you know other agencies media mm-hmm. buying and stuff and it just felt so good. And we did this event where we brought together um, all these different sorts of people um, to talk about periods. And it was men, women from all walks of life. And mm-hmm. it was just so much, there was a lot of media attendance. And it just felt, I don't know, it felt important. And we got the message spread really widely. And yeah, I felt I still feel so proud of it to this day. Yeah. And it was nice to work with Kitty. Yeah. Like being able to work with somebody that you know from school and a local person and, and she took the brief made it her own and delivered it like and I know that um the minister the minister who uh-huh. worked on the campaign she still has one of the illustrations oh does she oh that's so nice yeah yeah no I mean I remember obviously Kitty doing it we were actually talking about that not that long ago and because she was saying that she got um some pushback online from from it really yeah like from her drawings and stuff like people having issues 
men having issues yeah. with like that you know we put, shouldn't be putting like our money towards this and like all this stuff and you're oh, just yeah. like you are like don't even get me started oh, <laughs> like a man made a whole I think it was English and I, I quite a famous youtuber made a whole video about the campaign and how um, what a waste of money it was she's seen the comments on Twitter people men all men of course and I'm like what business do you have speaking literally about literally nothing to do with you you've no idea yeah you can't even imagine like yeah, it was, but you know what? Oh, sounds bad, but I quite like that pushback because I thought it just reinforces the point. It reinforces the point. It keeps the conversation going, and it and it just is an ex- a perfect example of why it's important to be exactly. doing it because you're like, look at these these opinions that just get dropped in that aren't necessary. Like, um, yeah. no, I mean, yeah, no, I I remember doing it. I remember um, loving loving it at the time. So yeah, I can imagine that you must be proud of that one yeah yeah it was it was really nice for sure and then so in 2020 you started uh, girls around scotland i'd love to hear how that began like what was it just for fun or was it something that you were like no we want to make this big like what was your thought process so i'd met elsa because she had ed and eats um which yes. is like a, a food instagram that's uh-huh. really successful like thirty thousand followers so we'd met when I had my previous um, Instagram and blog and maintained a friendship. Mm-hmm. And then during COVID, we're both single, both living on our own. And so we'd, we were in touch a lot and we kind of kept one another going. And TikTok had kind of just exploded. Yes. So yeah. I had seen um, these two <laughs> girls that live in New York. I think they worked on Wall Street. They had a lot of money and they were fish initially ordering like really expensive food to their house and then reviewing it right and then they started going out and they would do like a voiceover and it would be a video mm-hmm. and, I, and i found myself binging the videos yeah like I just I get obsessed 30 like just yeah keep, keep scrolling mm-hmm. Elsa and i met at a wee uh, restaurant in italian called crolas in musselburgh and i said to her oh, i've seen this and i think as well obviously like i love a project now do we itch because <laughs> i wasn't doing the quiet resolution anymore and i thought oh, i want to be it's doing covid so you need to put your energy somewhere yeah and, yeah. and the, there was not there was no video food reviews or anything mm, like that mm-hmm. at the time there really was a, a gap in the market for it and and, and it's so funny because when i was chasing like followers on instagram and trying to have an impact i'd listen to all these different podcasts and read kind of articles about it people need to establish a gap mm-hmm, a niche a gap mm-hmm. But it's so hard on Instagram. I feel like everything had been filled. Um, so I said, well, we try it. That day, Girls in Scotland was born on our phones. We made the email. We set up the Instagram. We set up the TikTok. Actually, we, we we got the Instagram handle, but we decided we weren't going to do Instagram because we wanted to be anonymous. Right. Okay, okay. So I went home, edited it, did a voiceover, posted it. Did all right. This is on TikTok. On TikTok. Yeah, it did yeah. okay. I think it got like a couple of thousand views. Uh-huh. A couple of likes. Um, and then I'd seen a video and it was like, you know, sl- the slush puppies. And it was this garage in Paisley that had all <laughs> these different types of slush. Right, okay, yeah. And the vid- girls' video, I can't remember, but it had gone pretty viral. And yeah. I have an aunt that lives in Paisley. Me and my brother and sister were going to go through and see her. This is the summer, like, when they were doing, you know, uh, kind of eating out deals and stuff. Things had opened up a little. Right, okay, got you. So we went out, went over to Paisley and I filmed the video and I mean, when I look back now, I'm like, God, it was not not very well filmed. But <laughs> did a voiceover. It honestly went not viral, but it did well. Like I think it got ten thousand likes and 
40,000 views, maybe not 10,000 likes, whatever, but it did really, really well. Yeah. And I was like, all right. And then Amazing. The next, and then that obviously motivated us. A couple of days later, Elsa went to um, Chiverino's, but the old one that was, um, I think, on Forest Road. Yeah. Um, and she filmed a really short video, it was only about 11 seconds, sent it to me and said, will you do the voiceover? Because she wasn't, Elsa doesn't love doing a voiceover. Okay, yeah. And I said, all right. And I remember being at my auntie's and I went into her study and I did it. And they were like, what are you doing? And my little cousin Greg, <laughs> was like 16 at the time, he was like, what are you doing? But he was on TikTok. Uh-huh. I told him and he was like, oh, I've never seen that before. And I was like, well. You will be soon, yeah. So then I filmed it, posted it, and it went mental. Almost instantly. Yeah. And we were sitting in the garden. It was like the height of summer. And Greg and I, he's like 16 and I keep saying 16, but like he's young and he's cool and he got TikTok and we're watching the likes and it was the dopamine rush. It was wild. Yeah. And it was like, I think it's now, I think it's got 300, 400,000 views. And Insane, yeah. 15,000 likes and I, yeah. And there's nothing more motivating than that. Nothing. No, it's a great feeling. <laughs> when that, happens. Every single video we posted yeah. because nobody else was doing that at the time. You got it in the perfect time. Absolutely. Like I honestly wish that I was doing what I was doing. I mean, it wouldn't have worked out that way, but like no, starting in lockdown was like the perfect time to start something. Yeah, and I think because we had that Instagram background, we understood. And also, what I will say too is, I think what really helped us was that. Um, Elsa had all these contacts from Edenese and she was getting all these invites. Right, of so course. So we were able to use those invites and she was getting sent things. So it wasn't like we had to invest money in it. Like, yeah. And that, and I will I will say that till I'm blue in the face, that was a key factor because we were eating everywhere and doing everything and getting all these invites. And then, then they started rolling in for Girls in Scotland, which was brilliant. But yeah, I think without that initial mm-hmm. boost of Elsa's own channel, we probably would have struggled a bit more well it's a good combination then like you made yeah, the right decision yeah absolutely um but, but do you know what it's it's not consistent like i posted a video last night and it's got like 30 likes and six thousand views mm. and so what yeah okay what do you feel does the best on tiktok like is there a specific like food type is there a specific place it's it's so it's random. so random i think before Everything we posted was new. Okay. And we did everything first. Uh-huh. Like, for example, our friend Pippa, Eatonborough, mm-hmm. she's doing brilliant work just now. She is now basically doing it full time. Right. She, her, um, the way she structures her video, the videos is so good. And um, she's had loads of success. But again, more recently, found it harder to get the push through. Yeah. I think it's just become... A busy space. Yes. So it's not what it once was. Sure. But I think a clickbaity title, and if you can do something different, mm-hmm. it works. I think if you're visiting a new spot that has something unique about it or something cool, mm. people want to watch, but you need to get people past the five first five seconds. Yeah. So I think we when we first started posting, we were posting us like walking into a venue, but actually... I realised pretty quickly we need to be posting the food first and then going back. Yes, yes. So we went through quite a learning... Um, period of trying to work out what worked and some videos did well without a voiceover with a voiceover mm-hmm. trying to decide actually what the best thing was and now we're wanting to go a little bit more lifestyle um, yeah i've seen that actually and also i think what we've not done is maybe put ourselves at the forefront well i was gonna say as well is that something that you've just wanted to 
like you said, you tried to avoid that or that wasn't the goal necessarily at the beginning, but do you feel like that's necessary to keep the Absolutely. To keep it growing, yeah. I don't I don't think I'm ever gonna be some I, I wouldn't I wouldn't fancy having me, Lindsay, being sure super um famous online. I just don't I just I don't know if I would want that criticism that comes with that. Sure. Fair. But I definitely think like I don't think people I don't. I don't think unless you knew us, people really know what our names are necessarily. Mm. No girls in Scotland, but they maybe don't know. Yeah. Us as, or that it is two people that run it. I think. I. I do think we've not done the best job of PR ourselves as the founders or as okay. the, who run it. So but I you've had the success without here. it, so it's it's just kind of like maybe a next step. It is. I think we've we've seen a dip, and also the last six months we've definitely not been as committed, and um, because life gets in the way and you're ultimately it's hard, doing a yeah. full-time job and then you're running a little business and it's hard and also with two people like it's not like something comes in and I instantly can say yes I need to phone Elsa mm-hmm. she needs to check her schedule then it turns out that neither of us can do, and it's it, it becomes quite difficult mm. and if one of us isn't in the headspace for it it's hard um sure well, even approvals like you can't just post something you've got to get approved by the other person yeah yeah and, of course yeah by the way we've got a similar style so it's, it's never really it's not an approval, it's more just a polite... Because like running it past each other, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not getting Second pair of eyes. I'm not getting Yeah. Usually <laughs> a spelling error is what you'll still catch it from Sure. Me. So yeah, there's a lot to it and I think we're really focused this year mm-hmm. and we're wanting to kind of really um, kind of come up with a new strategy and how we're going to kind of forge into 2024 and what type of videos we want to be producing and what kind of opportunities we want to do. We also we get lots of really nice opportunities and I think we've gotten really good at really good at identifying what suits us yeah so I was I was actually gonna ask more about that like how how does it work so do people generally just reach out to you yeah have you ever have you ever gone to somebody and been like we really want to work with you or once Uh so when we first started um we did a couple of hotel reviews maybe in the first six seven months and like I was like, I'd love to go to Glen Eagles. Yeah. I'm laughing. Nice. <laughs> in the email address somehow. Um, and they were like, oh, sorry, we're not doing any collaborations at the moment. And, but, you know, that's the, that's the only time we've ever reached out. Done the townhouse? Yeah, done the yeah, townhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of before that. But that was, was just, yeah, this was oh, obviously, it's not I'm that I'm laughing. Like, did we really think? We had like 8,000 followers. Like, <laughs> um, but, yeah, reached out to Glen Eagles. But other than that, no, like, um, we've managed between Elsa and then my contacts and even Stripe to a certain extent because yeah. we've got some clients but again I try and watch with that because like mixing well yeah and I don't want people to think that I'm just talking about it because it's I work for the business that looks after them which is never the case I would never do that mm. um but yeah we get yeah, it's mostly emails DMs mm-hmm. and yeah two questions yeah is there been one that you were absolutely gutted that you weren't able to do like, have you ever been invited somewhere that you, were, you weren't able to go? Um, no. I, mm, there's been a couple. So, more recently, there was a couple of brand deals that were with really big global brands mm-hmm. and offering good money to do a partnership. Amazing. We just didn't get on it fast enough. Like, oh, it, sounds, right. it sounds crazy because I think people are like, why would you not reply straight away? But I think if you've got massive stuff going on in your personal life or your work sure. life, it doesn't matter and also we've done a lot of things so it's not as if I don't know it's not a sense of being jaded but I think it's just that doesn't become the priority there's not the excitement in it anymore when mm. there are things going on and there's one in particular that we we're both like oh fuck why did we not 
they said I'm so sorry we've already like filled it up and we saw right. other people that we know do that partnership yeah and we were like oh so annoying but it teaches you you've got yeah. to be in it to win it and, yeah and, totally but you know what I don't know if we would have done our best work because I definitely have known I definitely have seen pieces of work that we've posted and thought it's not our best mm. and I think we were just posting for the sake of it and I think what we both won't always want to do is have so like quality over quantity yeah quantity. And, and, and feel like the, our hearts in what we're posting we're not yeah. just doing it for the sake of it so it's very tricky though as well when especially on tiktok because it has a high demand that they want you to post like three times a day and you're like well it's like not really manageable especially if you're just doing it yourself it it does add that pressure on of like feeling like you just need to produce something Something, yeah Yeah, and put it out there it's not necessarily like your best or now they want one minute video you know so it's not it's not sustainable and i think i think what i'm proud of for both of us is that we really i think 95 percent of the time are posting things that we're proud of and we're we're not like we turn down a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. that just doesn't a maybe we've been before and not loved it right it's not great but maybe just not our thing yeah um been too many times before it's just it's just not something that we're interested just didn't fit the bill yeah yeah yeah. thank you so much for thinking of us but Mm -hmm. we're not available or whatever and i think that helps because then it feels authentic yeah of course of the year, but well it it's important yeah for sure and yeah. so has there been a favorite we did visit scotland for about two right. years yes we had a visit scotland partnership amazing and we to do some really cool stuff with them and we we're tiktok ambassadors yeah amazing and we went to, we were on massive billboards on the royal mile during the french in 2021 and that's crazy and it was mental yeah and absolutely and 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 like such a pinch me moment we were on all these calls with creators from across the UK people that we followed who have millions of followers and they were all they were doing different festivals and things across the UK and we were getting like updates on the new features first and it was just like it was such a pinch me moment and also because we both work in that industry like it was incredible to even be able to take that to our employers and say oh I've got this we're doing this yeah yeah, and it, yeah it, it was just oh it was so cool and um yeah, I feel really lucky. Yeah, no, it's amazing. It's and you amazing. get to eat stunning food as well and oh, go to like amazing places. Yeah, I'm really grateful. And do you know what? It's funny because whenever I do something, I seem to always need a pal to do it with. But it's so nice doing it with Elsa. We get on so well. And it's amazing to share, it to share the experience with somebody. Yeah, yeah it's absolutely. At times when you're on different pages, it is. It's not easy. But. Um, yeah, I couldn't think of anyone that I would want to share it with more. Mm-hmm. And I just think we've got a shared brain. Our aesthetic's so similar. We edit in the same way. It just works. It's got yeah. a flow to it. Yeah. And it's... it's that I mean, when a... when you can find your person like that, it just makes life so much easier. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, so you're obviously running the social media for Girls Around Scotland and you're doing your full-time job. How do you, because I find this quite difficult, so this is kind of like more of a personal question, but like, how do you manage to switch off? Because when you're working on your phone and you're working on social media, it's so hard because you're kind of on it anyway. How do you turn it off? Um, oh, It's hard. I feel, I, do you turn it off? Because I'm terrible for not. I think a lot of the time I don't. Yeah. But I mean, I... At the end of last year, I was really burnt out yeah. for various reasons. And it, there wasn't one that was like a key trigger for that burnout. But I think I had about two weeks off at Christmas and I just, I wasn't on, so I didn't do anything with girls in Scotland. I obviously wasn't working. Mm-hmm. 
and I just hung out with my family and my friends and I just I didn't think about it I didn't look at the emails I did I just that's nice it was like a, it's like I forgot I had a job and I forgot I did anything on social and there's a guilt with it because I thought oh god there's so many opportunities to post nice Christmas I'd actually filmed loads and not right but I just I needed I needed a break yeah I needed to not I feel it's you. hard if you've spent the whole day in meetings on your computer and editing or or looking at someone else's edits and giving feedback and stuff like sometimes like I just simply cannot like it's not even it's I'm just like I, and, and also if I do force myself I know it's not my best work because I'm mm. not in it I think oh my god so I think for me I think I sometimes need an extended break sure rather even than just like something that I do every night because I do take my bed my phone to Bed oh same like, I'm, I'm not, shocking I'm not gonna sit here and lie and say oh a digital date like no I don't no. I'm constantly on my phone my, I, I wouldn't even look at my screen time I got uh, a notification for my screen time uh, last week and I honestly it's like but I'm like I obviously work I'm on my ashamed. phone I'm, I'm, ash- like... I'm ashamed too because I work on my phone and I mean it reflects because it's a full-time job it's oh, full-time yeah, hours yeah, yeah. on my phone <laughs> like but um but I find it difficult because as much because like I work on social media you're on your phone all the time doing things Socially too. yeah and then and then it's that thing of like oh but I'm also talking to people my friends and like yeah um you know it's 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 how you connect with everybody on your phone so it's it's trying to separate it is really difficult it is and I don't know why feel like i need advice well, are you like, are you like uh you'll post and just put your phone down and you can oh walk God, away or are no. you like i try to i'm <laughs> for 10 minutes especially if it, the video is not performing well <clears throat> i'm like go away like I, I try and do it like before i cook my dinner or after mm-hmm. I, cook, when I need to do the dishes or i need to do something and then like kind of let it but then they say you should engage with the people that call it's so hard it's important to listen to yourself mm. especially if you're somebody that's like likely to push it like yourself and have lots of screen time. I mean, God, TikTok play me that video that says, "Have you you've watched?" Oh yeah, you've watched too yeah, much. It's friends, like go to sleep, and you're like, "Fuck." Friends <laughs> that were like, "I've never seen that." And I thought, "Right." Okay. It's the it's I seen the one on TikTok that was like, um, "What dog?" Uh huh. But it was one that was like, "When you see the hamster on the wheel, yeah. that's when you need to go to bed." Like, sometimes I'm not texting back because I look at the messages. I've got I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. To begin, and I think just allow yourself that. Like, you don't really want anybody anything, and also. If you're, if you've got something that you really need to do, but you you just don't feel like you've got the capacity, just push back. Like there's times where I've had to say to you know businesses that we're working with, I'm really sorry. I know I said I'd get to you on this day, but life's gotten in the way. It's not and possible. Most yeah. Understand. Yeah. They yeah. are. I think if you're honest and you you don't miss the up front and you're up front, then people mm. are fine. And mm-hmm. I think the same will work sometimes. Like if I've done loads of late nights in a week, the next week i'll think to myself right i'm going to start a bit later and finish a bit earlier because i've done all yeah make up for it yeah uh-huh. I think my work are great and flexible that way so sometimes you have to do quite long hours so if you can i try and you know get to the gym or see my friends or whatever it is i need to do i try and prioritize that as much as i can but yeah it's so <laughs> i know it's a lot when you're juggling so many things and but it feels like i mean i, I think we're quite similar in that like we like to keep busy like to have yeah. like lots of different things going on at once so it's like we can complain but we also like put it on ourselves oh, yeah. <laughs> like so entirely yeah yeah I oh i'm the same but it's like keeps things fun and interesting <laughs> so going back to stripe yeah. Um, do you have any kind of advice for anybody that would maybe want to go into um into a PR and marketing role, a junior position, how to kind of get yourself onto the ladder 
Yes, it's so hard because I think I was quite lucky in, in, in my kind of route in because yeah. I was at university and a person walked in and I found them inspiring and they ran a business. Yeah. And I think not everyone's got the same type of personality. I'm quite an enthusiastic, confident person outwardly. Obviously, everyone has their own mm-hmm. inner monologue, but I, I, I'm good at putting myself out there. But that's not for everybody. But I think let your work speak for itself. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're applying for these roles, make sure you understand what they actually do as a business. It's funny. We've had so many applicants and it feels like they've missed the boat of what we actually do. Because right. my business is multifaceted, but we do PR. We do some marketing, internal PM, internal comms. We do crisis management. We do social, we do yep. content production. We do influencers. Mm-hmm. So know what role you're applying for. Yeah. Oh, we also do design. We've got a whole um, studio design team. I do Amazing. animation and all that sort of stuff. So make sure you know exactly what they do and make sure you research the company. And I know that's obvious, but like not just nip on their website the night before. Like, find a couple of people that work there, look on their LinkedIn, look up the clients that they work for, then go on their social medias and see like what, what campaigns have Stripe lately been forging. We have loads on our Instagram. Like mm-hmm. you could just spend about half an hour on Instagram and you'd find out. So when you go and you continue, so you know it's a role you want, because I think a lot of people apply yeah. and they realise, actually, this is not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really important. And, like, try and find opportunities to gain experience, because I think um, I think that's really key. And it doesn't need to be internships. Like, I think right now, if you want to work in social media, you should have a TikTok, a Pinterest, an int- Instagram, mm-hmm. probably a YouTube, and you should understand how it all works. Mm. Like, even to, like, a really... Um, entry level because you'll learn on the job of course sure but to some you need to have some interest yeah Yeah. and I think that's the people that usually get the job and then do really well Mm. do you have a YouTube for girls are in Scotland I don't we don't I I want to do it the shorts yes but I know YouTube it's a whole other yeah 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 Yeah, and I understand like I know what the updates are and I understand kind of like I've done it for clients before and, and I've had a YouTube years ago for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I understand it pretty well. And and it's a very like interesting platform and it kind of sits alone, I think. Because it's long Definitely. form. It's the only one that's long form. Yeah. And it's, and it's actually historical. It's, and old, it's, it's one of the older ones. And it's one of the few that you can um, monetize. Hugely. Yeah. Because yeah. obviously... Well, that's where everyone came from. Like all totally. the kind of British YouTube influencers that are maybe not so big now, but were massive. They started on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. So, and if you can engage somebody for, I mean, Zoe Sugg, who Zoella, mm-hmm. who I am obsessed with. And yeah, was a fan from the get go. I mean, I remember her first. I remember like her first year and what she was posting then. She's so captivating, and yeah. that's why she's successful because a lot of people can't even hold somebody for thirty seconds. Yeah, she's holding people for one of her Christmas vlogs was an hour long. Yeah, that's crazy. And to be able, do you know, and, and it's, it's... It's, people have to become, like, kind of obsessed with you. Yeah. Like, it's like that, um, oh, God, her name's just, like, Alex Errol. Um, no. Oh, my God. I literally, she was, like, on the tip of my tongue. This always happens to me, like, brain fog. I feel like I turned 30, my brain switched off. Oh, I, Emma Chamberlain. Obviously, yes. big example. Oh. But people have to be interested in what you're actually doing. They're invested in her. Yeah, they uh-huh. Are. They are. Like... Working with influencers and talent is kind of my area. And I'm, like, constantly watching people's stuff, listening to podcasts. You have to keep up to date. Yeah. yeah, and I think if you can come in, 
and show up. And that's not something, it doesn't matter whether you're 16 and, it, and going in at school or you're 50 and you run a company. You can have that knowledge at either level. And yeah. I think it's something that you can really bring. Yeah. And then um, be creative. Like, nobody wants to see a plain CV. Like, do mm. something cool. Mm-hmm. I remember somebody applied for an agency down in London and they put their CV on a T-shirt. Oh, that's that cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Because that's you're going to remember that. Yeah. Like, you're talking about it now. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's stuck in your head. If you record a bloody podcast or your CV, just talk about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. so... I, I would we'll just put give yourself them out there just for like taking the risk. Like, that's somebody that like mm. thinks outside the box. That's like, such a good point. Yeah, it doesn't need to be a piece of paper. Like make it digital. Like I don't know. There's so many things you could do. I don't like, know. Make it interactive or like yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Like, there's so I I just think and if you've got like an amazing skill that's like transferable in some way, do it. Like I did theatre for years and now I do a lot of um presenting and new business pitching. It took me a while to get into it, and now that I'm into it, I'm like it's so funny, like how you can take something that you think you're never going to use again. Because you can kind of it. like turn on, then like you're putting on a performance. Exactly. So yeah. I feel so nervous because like, you're in a room with these people who are like mm-hmm. massive salaries, like they're so influential, and they're judging you, of course. Yeah. So I'm like, and I could crumble. And also, most of the time, I'm the biggest idiot in the room. Like I'm the most junior, and I'm thinking like oh god I need to speak with authority I need to make sure. them think that what I'm saying is like the best idea they've ever heard and it's full of um you know insight and creativity and strategy and it's hard but I think I just think right well what role am I playing sure and like our CEO what's your character like, today yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. She almost casts when we go in too so she'll kind of say like you're you're leading this part you're leading this part you're so then you know what you've got an objective yeah and I think definitely that acting training has helped me. So again, if you're applying, if you've got, you know, if you've got something, it doesn't need to be acting. It could be anything. Yeah. But even like, there's a lot like when people that work with me, geography degrees, sports science, like various things. Mm-hmm. They're not even relevant to what they do now, but they bring a lot of what they've learned or a lot of their hobbies or interests into what we yeah, do. Yeah, transferable skills. So yeah, so much. And mm-hmm. I think yeah, just try and stand out, and it doesn't need to be because. You're the biggest, loudest personality in the room. Yeah. Maybe because you're the most interesting or the most creative or the most insightful. Like, I don't think you have to be a TV presenter to get a job like that. Yeah, you yeah. You need all different types of personalities. Yeah, that's such good advice because I feel like for a lot of people, presenting would be one of the toughest oh, parts is. of the job. It yeah. Is. Oh, I used to hate it as well. And I think people would be surprised because I did acting. Yeah. So, well, <laughs> do you know, like, but it's not. It's total if I'm different ball game. Myself, or I'm talking about something that I've written. Yeah, or I've, yeah. Or I've produced, then it's a bit easier. But I think when you're, a lot of time it's very collaborative. So you're presenting something that you might not have even been really involved in. So you right. need to not be, and you're a consultant, so you've got to come across as somebody that's very knowledgeable and is an expert. And do you for your advice? Do you get um because it's something that grinds my gears. You know, you are the professional. You yeah, do know what you're talking exactly. about. Do you get pushback oh. from these companies that like, think that they know better? It's can be some one of the most like frustrating things ever because you're like, please listen to me. Like, 100%. if you don't do this, like this is going to happen. Or especially in the social sphere. I think, yeah, um, but I, it's hard. I understand because they're they're basically protecting their brand sure you know they're um they have a job to do as well they've got a job to do and yeah some of these things that we're suggesting are they come with an element of risk and 
But if you're not in it, you don't win it. And I think, yeah, we get a lot of pushback. People saying that they don't think that we've got a grasp of, you know, their brand identity or, you know, it takes a minute. And I think when you're paying money, you want results quickly. Sure. But it can take time. And Yeah. Is that something you kind of have to enforce quite a lot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially with like building followership and stuff like that's really difficult. It takes time. Yeah. And I think it doesn't happen overnight. It's easy to like. But I think if you go in and follow, that's a big investment mm. in something and you might not be ready. So you need to build up to that with people. And I think... Um, Find it like gaining followers and things like that now is a lot oh, harder, harder than it used to be, for sure. Yeah, and obviously there's drops in the ocean where people just and like seem to just... Yeah, do the right thing. And, but yeah, usually a, lo- a little bit of luck and yeah, a little definitely. bit of right place, right time. And I think it's hard to tell... You yeah, somebody that you're consulting explaining that, and some people get it though. We've got some amazing people that we work with who, who t- truly get it, and you feel like you're working as an extension of their team. Mm-hmm. There's other people that takes a bit more, and sometimes it doesn't work out because they're not sure. ready to 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 take the risks, and they're maybe not seeing the full picture yet. Yeah, or maybe maybe that time you know maybe not giving the right advice. I don't know what happens, but yeah. Yeah, I think there is a lot of pushback. Okay, so the last question in this section was just, um, what are your future goals or aspirations? You talked a little bit about that with Girls Around Scotland. What do you see yourself doing with it down the line? It's so funny. I've been in my my current uh, job for six years, Uh coming up six years in the summer, and I think I've achieved a lot. And what I love about the business that I work for is the really champion you to to take a path that you want to take mm-hmm. the, the the role that i'm in now didn't exist when i started right they created it for me after proving that i could do it um so from a career's perspective i actually think that i'm in a good spot yeah definitely i want to keep moving up but like the higher you get the more responsibility you have and i am still fairly young and i want to really be able to do what i'm doing because because the role i'm in now has come with a lot more responsibility and a mm-hmm. lot more kind of things that you've got to do that aren't is easy and I've got a lot to learn and a, a lot to develop and I'm, I'm really enjoying um kind of coaching and mentoring mm-hmm. my team and so I think I just want to continue doing what I'm doing from my work perspective and, yeah. do, and do and really learn and do it really really well yeah and feel mm-hmm. before I kind of make any more moves there because it seems Stripe seems to be a, a great place for progression and like and and um it almost it, it like you know you said like you said you've been there six years and you've managed to progress quite far they do this great thing and obviously our mutual friend ryan works there and for him he, yeah. he um, started in one position moved to a different position then moved again they they could see potential and talent yeah and yeah absolutely wanted to nurture that and yeah they did. And, and they've it, like created a position for yeah, them as well with like content does, creating we didn't have that yeah yeah and he showed not only like ambition and willing in it but pure talent oh ryan's so, so good so good so, so talented, talented. yeah i love working with him and i think that's a great example and like, i mean i've been promoted i think five or six times in that uh, once a year but i think what they do is they have quite a few different positions at a junior level a middle level and then so it's so motivating yeah and i think it absolutely you... i've never worked in that kind of environment before so i can imagine how <laughs> motivating it's small it is jumps. you're not getting but it makes it it makes a huge bit. difference yeah. just to your own like well-being and I think, like, <laughs> like mom and dad would be like oh my god you're promoted again yeah like, reaction like it was so nice and like i think as well like you know i'm single and like i have had a lot of 
I've had a tumultuous, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> love life over the last kind of little while, and it's it's hard. But one part of my life that I am successful and that mm. I do have control over is my career, and I think it really helps. So I think absolutely, I feel good about my career. I think I just need to continue doing what I'm doing and just get better. Yeah, in the position that I'm in, and I'm sure progression will come, but. I, I think I definitely want to slow that down a little bit and really sure. dig into what I'm doing yeah. and get amazing at it because I'm still at that level quite entry. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking of my personal life, wanting to invest in where I live a little bit more. Yeah, and yeah. I think this chapter in the place that I currently live is closing. I'd like to live somewhere new and mm-hmm. live in a different part of the city and that's a big focus for the new year. And then Where would be the dream? I'd love to live in Portobello. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, stomping good luck. <laughs> Well, that's it. Yeah, so I'm making that bank so you can get in porty. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a pipe dream, but well, no, I mean, like, there's that that's a pipe of... dream. It's crazy that like, it's a pipe it's dream, just... but it actually is. I think about that all the time, it's like sad. how the flat that I grew up in in Portobello was. I think when my parents got it in like the nineties, it was like eighty k. Or sometimes three bedroom flat with like massive garden and like right near the beach, like stunning. Like that would be three, four hundred K now or something. Maybe yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Like Um, wild. Like poor is another level. Yeah, I think um I think it's funny when you're in your early twenties you think your life is gonna go in one direction and Mm. it doesn't. Mm -hmm. I think obviously I've you know, I thought, oh God, I thought I would be mad with kids by now and I'm not. But yeah. I do have other things that I could never have imagined that I would have. Absolutely. So I think it's about focusing on that. And and I do think that like with our age, with our generation, we've had it so fucking tough just in general. So many people at our age are in the same positions Absolutely. and they're like, you know what? This isn't working out like this anymore. Like no. we're having to change things a little bit and kind of make it up as we go along because the people that we look at above us had a much simpler path to like you know you got a good you went to uni got a good job got a house got married had kids like it was so kind of like but but for but for us now it's like it's not like that anymore so it's really restructuring and uh, figuring out what works best for you yeah not focusing on timelines or comparing yourself to others which i'm terrible for it's hard not to it is it is also girls in scotland kind of a little bit of a rebrand, I think, coming mm-hmm. up and a little bit of a refocus on the type of content that we're producing. So, yeah, Amazing. I, think, I think that's kind of where I'm at. But, yeah, now nah, I, I think I've taken stock the last couple of months and thought, actually, do you know what? I feel like I'm hard on myself, but I've achieved a lot. And I think it's good to be able to just not focus on what you don't have, but focus on what you do have. Yeah. And, and, and what you do have control over. Yeah, absolutely. Which is hard. It's hard. It's easier said than done, but it it's it's great advice nonetheless. And and you were saying with girls around Scotland, you want to do a bit more lifestyle, a bit more. Yeah, we're introducing ourselves a little bit more, and so we will invest in us as people. Cause mm. I think that's it. Like, as you we're know, saying, it's like building that brand. A lot of people are talking about great restaurants in Edinburgh, or great places to stay, or whatever. But I think what can capture an audience is your unique personality, and I think Elsa mm-hmm. and I maybe haven't done the best job at doing that so far. And it's hard to just jump straight into that because it's vulnerable and like we appreciate our privacy. Like people do occasionally come up to us and say, "Oh, are you girls?" Well, that's cool. Yeah, so yeah. Nice. But I wouldn't want that all the time. Yeah. Not that I think that's ever going to happen, but I just mean it's because like there's people that can be pretty rude online. I've had we've had criticism from randoms on the internet, which I'm I'm less bothered about. I think I did 
did theatre for so long and got mm-hmm. into the feedback you get from that is god awful at times. I think I love my mum so much, but I definitely have a critical mother. Like she's right. you know she's she's honest. Yeah. So I think I felt quite a thick skin. Okay. We went to a school that wasn't easy, you know? Yeah, and, and true. I think I had a hard time at times and so I've built up a thick skin, so it's not necessarily I mean, but then people that I know, like I've had people that we went to school with people that I know how can you afford this lifestyle? Um, like messaging me random stuff. Wow, yeah. Like kind of questioning, oh, you're out for dinner, like all this stuff. Like, like yes, yeah, it's free. You don't know how this works, clearly. And I, you know, I've, I've had people, uh, yeah, kind of make snidey comments and like, I'm not really bothered, but I think it is just like, you know, you, you're going to, by putting yourself out there more, you're opening yourself up for more criticism. So absolutely, need to be ready for that. And it's not just me. It's getting that balance. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think it's finding the balance and that's what we need to work <clears> on <throat> in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, stay tuned. Yeah, no, I'm excited <laughs> to see what you are going to get up to. Uh, so the next part is we're going to do our guest topic of choice. So uh, what is your topic of choice? So I would love to talk about kind of, viral tiktok trends so stunning i am so here for that yes. <laughs> yeah so yeah what were what particular ones like i just think the the impact and the power that stuff like um roman empire Girl yes Dinner, yes like the clean girl aesthetic to mob life that we're seeing in the last couple of weeks. yeah like, love it people are like and, and it, do you know what i actually find it so um crazy how people are you know, brands can tap into media outlets. Yeah. Like, it's so far reaching. It's usually just, it's not, and typically these things are not a random brand just um, coming up with something. It's a random person. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. And then it just blows up. Yeah. And it just blows up. I think it's so interesting. And I love the whole mob life thing just now. So many people are jumping on it and we're seeing like, all the comparisons to the Sopranos and it's, inching away from like that kind of quiet luxury and, mm, and, mm-hmm. and I just love that move and it, it seems like somebody just decided yeah and everyone jumped on it, it just like blew up like it was like two weeks ago or something yeah. and it's just like everywhere now and I'm like I, and I love it as well I'm really into like trend predictions and kind of like trend forecasting and like, seeing the Pinterest one yeah I yeah that's so interesting because like sometimes I'm like oh I'm not sure but like I knew no Pauline, it's fascinating yeah um, Rachel who used to work at Gleam who was a talent mm-hmm. agency she said that the Pinterest one's really based in data because it's like they take what people search yeah and obviously like people are so that so it's true like if people are searching that that's what's upcoming oh absolutely so, and it's the same with like don't know if you've heard of WGSN yeah 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 so we use that a lot at uni as well and and it's so funny because I remember doing a project and it was like I was doing research on it in WGSN and I was looking in the future at what was going to be in uh, fashion in 2016 at the time so. which is crazy because that's so long ago but um it, it ha- I think it was like two, three years ahead of like with trend forecasting. And I was like, this is fascinating that there's people that are genuinely figuring out what we're going to be into in two years time. And then the fashion companies take that information and create collections out of it Around and then it. blah, blah, blah. And then it comes down into um, like regular shops and all that. And um I love it though. I think right. it's so interesting because it's, it's this so psychology behind people and like uh, it's amazing. The Roman Empire thing was mental as well. Like, yes. Were you like going around? I was like going oh, around asking everybody. everybody <laughs> I was like, Dad. I can't <laughs> believe that people were actually saying that they do. I yeah. Like, yeah. It, 
literally because i was trying to i seen one actually the other day that was like the uh the women's version people trying to figure out what the women's version of the roman empire was well yeah it was the princess diana and i was like actually that is a pretty good one i i probably think of princess diana like more often than i would like think yeah and same with like girl dinner girl mass and um girl mass is just it's so relatable it's so relatable even an australian podcast oh really yeah and then they put clips on tiktok i'm sure that's where that came from but Mm. like it's so funny though because like you listen to it and I'm like that is me and you think it's just you and then you're like no it's a collective we're all the same (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. yeah. you know what I do think as well like women to me Mm -hmm. drive these trends like absolutely really truly and maybe I'm being biased but generally I think it's women no I I agree with you I agree and when I seen them quite recently um, which is also really interesting is the orange peel theory. Have you seen that? No. It's like so girls are asking their partners. Um, they're basically like, "I'm really hungry. Can you get me an orange?" And they're like, "Yeah, sure." And then they're like, "Oh, can you peel it for me?" And it's basically to see whether they'd peel it or not because they're like, "Obviously, I can peel this. I'm capable of peeling an orange. Yeah. But will you do it for me just because you want to?" Kind of yeah. thing. And it's actually like breaking people up because people are then asking their partners and they're having some shitty reaction, like they're not going to do it or whatever. And it's like making something click in people where they're like, "What the fuck? Like, why am I putting?" And it's obviously if that's I need just that's an yeah. And it's like that's not obviously the reason why. I, like a couple would break up but like maybe it's like a straw that breaks the camel's back kind of thing where they're like oh wait like you won't do this when like I'm seeing other people posting and their boyfriend's like yeah of course I'll do that for you like super enthusiastic about love it and then you're like why the fuck am I putting up with this shit and I'm like that's a good thing like I know it seems extreme being like they broke up over like a trend but then also I'm like it puts things into perspective when you can see other people's it's just a catalyst reactions yeah yeah I just think it's um crazy how these trends can lead to such life-changing shit which is like it sounds so dramatic and extreme and I'm sure somebody listening would be like oh that's stupid but like it does when when you're able to see into other people's lives and how their relationships work or how their businesses work or whatever does highlight to you what you need to change or what needs to be mixed up and it's like we've never been able to see inside as much as we do now and I think that people that are influencers and share their lives online like yeah sometimes audiences and followers are seeing red flags and relationships or seeing i mean god we've seen parents be arrested for child abuse literally like so it's yeah and i think people flag this stuff i think with the orange people thing it's interesting because i i don't think it it's not that alone it's like if you already have doubts in your head and something like that and you're seeing because i think when i've been dating a lot of my friends say I've said he if he wants to he will yeah exactly if he doesn't exactly you your time and it's a hard pill to swallow mm-hmm. because you think well what can I do differently but most of the time it's nothing and that's the thing and something as little as as like yeah peeling an orange can then really like highlight that and you're like yeah, oh fuck the yeah. yeah 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 <laughs> but yeah it's so interesting it's it's crazy um and what what are your thoughts on um just like another another trend tube girl mm-hmm. um it's funny because i was thinking about it like she's now just kind of disappeared yeah and i'm like what do you think the real longevity 
and these people that just like blow up they need to then obviously take that moment and run with it the best that they can and get as much out of it as they can and we could see that with her like she was going to like fashion shows and she was like really like grabbing the bull by the horns but then all of a sudden now it's like kind of she's not not seen her so the train guy as well. Yeah, totally. The Gucci campaign. Yeah, North Face Gucci. absolutely. I think I've seen it with um, like reality TV stars. Yeah. Too. I think um, I think a either you or someone very close in your circle has to have that strategic, like to have that plan of action ready. Market <laughs> and PR brain, um, or if you don't have it yourself, get a great manager. Mm, mm-hmm. And I think a lot of, with management at the moment, people come from like a modelling and acting space of representing that type of talent, which is very different to what a creator or an influencer does and what they need to do to stay relevant. Mm-hmm. And, and I think um, when you don't have the right team or the right plan and you don't know what you're doing next, it, it doesn't work. Yeah. Because you've usually gained notoriety or a bit of, of a viral following because of one thing yeah but what's the next thing yeah it's having to then maintain that yeah yeah it's yeah. the tough Some part people do it brilliantly yeah they really do remember there was a girl during lockdown that was a chef and i think she basically made redundant because obviously there was no restaurants open yeah and she was like obsessed with potatoes and she started doing all this content around potatoes and since then, she's been on Saturday Kitchen. She's been on This Morning. Mm. I think she's written a book. And I reckon that's probably down to her being creative, but also her having an amazing manager that's finding her opportunities. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The whole like, cringe culture. As Scottish people, we're terrible for like not speaking highly of ourselves and yeah. putting ourselves down and just being worried that you're being cringe constantly and that's something that I've been really working at trying to break down because say a year ago I didn't want to be on camera I didn't want to film myself I didn't want to speak to and then I've forced myself to do it and it's still not something I do all the time but like I'm definitely getting less bothered about it it doesn't phase me as much as it used to but so many people that I talk to as well they're like oh I just don't want to be on camera I don't want to it's so cringe like what people think this what people think that and I'm like nobody actually gives a fuck like I know the advice that like <coughs> bless you, that I need to be told but like I can't take it myself but yeah. I'm like but it's that way of like him um, people care for five minutes people they care for five minutes of somebody's group chat potentially for maybe not even two minutes but also but do you actually care but yeah well that and also I'm like the way that like if I was to see somebody doing their own thing I'm not sitting there going, oh, what a fucking, no, what I. a weirdo or like, what a whatever. I'd be like, oh, that's think. amazing. I'd Good like for them. I more people have that attitude. Yeah. But there are, there are some people that, and, and you know, it's usually because they're not satisfied with whatever they're doing. They're not putting themselves out there enough. They're not doing something that's fulfilling. I them. suppose. Oh, yeah, so yeah. They, so then they hyperfix it. I mean, I've been guilty of it. We all have a, yeah. seeing something that's maybe not the kindest about somebody. And, you know, I mean, I feel like. I think people have always thought it was quite cringe. I've been doing musical theatre is not the coolest. <laughs> but and I did care. Like and I and I and I think definitely even being in those um groups, I sometimes think, God, these people are cringe. Yeah. So I felt it too, but I think I, I definitely had my moments like God like when people said, Oh, I recognise your voice mm. from Girls in Scotland, I think is my voice that like recognise about yeah uh uh-huh, yeah I just thought it sounded like everybody else yeah, and yeah like, oh, totally oh I know that voice anywhere and it feels like a backhanded compliment like right oh I knew it was you instantly that voice and I think 
thanks. I'm <laughs> good, bad. Like, I couldn't quite, and I'd, I'd be like, oh, right. And, you know, you're right. And you speak so well. You, oh, like, thank I, you. I just, I feel like you're so eloquent and, and knowledgeable and you're great at putting people at ease. Like, you're a natural host. So it's funny that even a year ago you felt that that wasn't a skill that you had. And it's like, mm. it's... But how are you even meant to, like, if you're already quite good at something, how are you how are you meant to even get great at it if you feel too embarrassed because of what you worry other people will think? Well, even try? yeah, it's just, it's overstepping your own insecurities. And like I said, you know, I have people saying to me, like, I actually had a, a client, like, consultation the other day, and she was saying to me, I don't know how often to post because I don't want to post too much and I was like you kind of need to put that mentality aside because um, post as much as you can it nothing's too much anymore really no. you want it I was like you want to be too much actually yeah. like you kind of want to be in your all. face and and you know you want to keep in people's minds as well because I'm trying to do um I'm trying to post every day in January just like as a wee test myself I've not shouted about it or anything like that because I'm because I know that if I did I wouldn't do it (laughs) so I'm trying to just do it myself to see the results at the end yeah and then at the end I'm going to talk about the difference it made or whatever but yeah I don't think you can post too much anymore talking about how things have changed from when we were at uni to now marketing when I first started was like a completely different ball game oh, yeah. but also um it was really looked down upon yeah. it wasn't taken seriously it wasn't no. taken seriously as a career when you said you worked in social media like, people were like what? what we had to face a lot of judgment like and i'm glad it's probably different now so like younger people going into it's way more accepted it's a full-on industry there's so many jobs or you can create your own or whatever but um but yeah we had to deal with a lot of pushback on like the industry as a whole and like being taken seriously as people and wanting to do that as a career yeah. I find that anyway and I remember Don't explaining know. to you know older people in my life like I'm like that advert you've just watched right I said that's a form of marketing said, yeah so, that, so for example the iron brew adverts that go around that's um leaf that make those yes yeah below us in the office and striking a part of the same period company and I'd say so that's a whole process from pitching creative ideas taking mm-hmm. a brief thinking mm-hmm. about audience insight placement of the ads the money that goes behind placement billboards tv and mm. um, you know online advertising blah blah it's like social media is just a part of that I was yeah like, actually a lot of the time what we're finding is things like uh, social media adverts and from a target perspective is so much more specific mm-hmm. it's much more personal because you know you're not just watching tv program it, you can actually personalize ads to your person and what they're interested yeah in of are. course yeah and influencer marketing is huge and we're seeing much more like return on investment from that than we are on somebody watching a jewellery advert on the TV mm. rather than seeing their favourite person try the jewellery on and mm-hmm. who, who they who they obviously follow because they see a part of themselves in them. Mm. So when they see that person trying that piece of jewellery on, it's almost like they're trying it on to a certain extent. Yeah. And I think I've had to break it down that much for people to understand not only what it is that we're doing, but the value in it and why it's important. Absolutely. And just as difficult to get into and work in than ad- traditional advertising or whatever. Yeah. It's like Mad Men on steroids now. Yeah, literally. Do you have any favourite accounts that you like? I love Wishbone Kitchen. Okay, Amazing. not heard of them, oh, right? So she's on TikTok. She's actually... So she was a private chef, is, was, and she did private chefing in the Hamptons in the summer. Right, okay. I've like seen celebrity. quite a few yeah, of those. There's, there's yeah, yeah, yeah. She's based in New York, so she lives in New York. And she's from um, Nantucket. 
So she's oh, so wow. interesting. And she's now got this amazing flat in New York. She's written a cookbook. She's just launched a YouTube channel doing long form. She's like an hour long video up on there. And I've watched half of it already. Um, I love her. I think what she does is magic. Truly. Yeah. Um, it's amazing like the personal chefs and stuff like like oh uh, the dream <laughs> just to have foodie. something i'm such a foodie at heart so yeah i love her and i love Julie isabella mm-hmm. so she's scottish she's oh the um redhead yes yes yeah. uh-huh i think she's so funny like, she's, she's runs her own fashion brand yeah Adela, but she does these monologues to camera and she's so funny like naturally yeah follow her on tiktok yeah brilliant. and she does outfits of the days but she'll have a random thought yeah she'll talk about it with such um confidence but also just relatability and i don't know she i mean she goes up with a football and she's absolutely beautiful and very slim and has amazing clothes but somehow (laughs) she totally breaks through that barrier and i feel like speaks to a lot of different people Mm -hmm. i think she's great and i'm loving the sheer lux girls Oh yeah, uh huh. The, like they're not perfect, but I think I think the way they've managed to make their workplace a brand, yeah, and a, build a following on TikTok via their brand is is amazing. The final question is just if you have any last bits of advice, like you've given out loads and you've been very informative with all oh. your work stuff. It's like really interesting. I I love it. Uh, but yeah, a kind of final bit of advice that you would maybe give to somebody that wants to either do what you're doing or even just start in a side hustle, like if, they, if they're inspired by someone to do an Instagram or TikTok or... Yeah, take one step. Mm. I was like, if there's something you want to do, it could be anything. I mean, it could be just cutting your hair. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but I also think when you break something down, yeah, it makes it easier. Mm-hmm. Like take one step in the direction of what you're wanting to do. And by the way, you can take one step and one one step straight back. Yeah. Recently, that was talking about potentially wanting to completely change career. She was asking for some advice, and I said, "Have you have you looked um, to see like where you could do the education part of this mm-hmm. career?" No, I said, "Well, why don't you just do that? Let's start with and that." Yeah. Like, oh God, what, oh, I'm scared. What if I don't have the right qualifications? I was like, "Well, then that's stage two. I said, "So right, go and I was like, find yeah. the information you need to know. You need to know." A, you know, where can you do the studies? And B, what what is it that you need to enable to qualify to do the studies? And I was mm-hmm. like, so once you, information is power. Yeah. And I said, and then you can, and I was like, and then you could, if you need to, you need a hire, which I think she did. I was like, you could go and do that at night school. Uh, she's a mum. And I said, in between, you know, looking after your kid. And, and, and then actually, if you decide after you've done that hire that you don't want to do it. That's okay too. You've gained something. Yeah. I think I think that's it. I think take one step, mm-hmm. like get the domain, or literally, open yeah, yeah, yeah. Account, yeah. Or order the podcast mic, whatever it is. Just yeah. do one thing, and I think second small step after that. Mm-hmm. Don't try and leap to the full thing. Yeah, brilliant. Well, thank you so much. That was so interesting. I Thanks really, really enjoyed me. it. Conversation. Oh uh, no, it was lovely. And in the description, I'll put links to your socials and everything. And you can give uh, Lindsay a follow on Girls Around Scotland. And yeah, thank you so much. That's everything. Bye. 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 <laughs> oh, that was Yay. so good. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Don't Panic podcast. If you enjoyed it, please don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. 
Also be sure to check out the description for quick links to connect with our amazing guests, show them some love, give them a follow and explore their work. Once again, thank you so much. Your support means the world. And until next week, don't panic. We'll see you again.